All right. As Daniel said, I'm here to answer all your questions, which means that Jeremy's here, and we're happy for that. But in all honesty, uh, the, 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 the text that I kind of wanted to zero in and, and kind of build our, our ABS time around um, is not so unrelated, honestly, to what we've been talking about these last couple of weeks. <clears throat> Excuse me. So last week we, we talked about and, and learned, you know, how do we share our gifts with one another, so, you know, making sure that we're doing that. This, this week we looked at dealing with sin in the body and, 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 um, and uh, receiving leadership. Uh, but really those, you know, four and five are related to what we'll look at today. So kind of the, the path I want to go on today is taking a look at a text, maybe some, some comments, some insights on the text, and then we'll open it up to all sorts of questions, apparently. We'll see. So first, um, have you ever considered or, 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 or pondered the importance of the love that we as a body have for one another, that our church has for one another? If you remember three weeks ago, maybe you were there, um, I did a sermon on uh, 1 John 4, 7 through 12. This is kind of like a little uh, continuation of that, but as it relates to uh, what we've been talking about these last few weeks. But it seemed timely and it seemed related, so... If this sounds like um, repeat regurgitated material, maybe some of it is. Um, however, you know, have you ever considered our, our responsibility as a, as a body to love one another? Our call, our, our, our command to love one another. Have you ever considered your role in that? How are you individually loving others? Well, what I hope today at the end of the ABF is to really... Um, put it on our radar, and so, so we can see it clearly in Scripture, there is a command. We are required to love one another. And that that has some pretty awesome and weighty and amazing, uh, for lack of better words, consequences. Okay. So uh, first, uh, before I read the text, and, and maybe this will nip in the bud some some comments, although... Maybe not. Uh, I'm not talking about, I don't, I don't think John and 1 John. 1 John 4 is, is where we're going to be if you want to turn there. 1 John 4, 7 through 12. Um, I don't believe John is talking about love in general, right? Uh, there's, a, there's a general love that we have for our neighbor. And, and Jeremy, you taught on that in, in, uh, in Luke 10, right? We, we are called to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself. This loving your neighbor, this general um, kind of command there, is, is not what we're going to be looking at. It's, a, it's more specific to those in the church, and consequently, those who are in this church, as, as you will have more opportunity to love your brother or sister that you're here brushing shoulders with than you would the church in New Hampshire, or the church in Florida, or the church in Uganda. All sorts of churches around the world, the globe. However, um, I'll, I hope we see that this call to love only makes sense if it's happening here locally at this body. So, let's turn to 1 John 4, 7-12, and let's read it. Any volunteers to read? Let's get, all right, First John, I don't think the microphone's going to do, First John chapter 4, verses 7 through Start at 7, end at 12.
read all the way through 12. Okay, thank you, Bennett. So, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who's been born knows of God and loves God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And this is love that God made manifest among us. God was manifest, rather, among us. So, we'll go through each of that, but uh, when I, when I, um, you know, when I, my, my, my sermon on this a few years ago um, kind of mentioned you know, the call to love, which really could be the command to love. Um, and I, I use call in that sense because here it's like more of an appeal, beloved, let us love one another. But we know it's a command to love because in chapter 3, verse 23, chapter 3, verse 23 reads, And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and Love one another just as he commanded us. And then also in 4 at the end, verse 21, chapter 4, verse 21. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother, his brothers and sisters. So um, it is a command to love. And so we're called to love, we're commanded to love. And then John gives us an example of love and then kind of an outcome result, uh, the implication of love. So we'll kind of take the verse part by part there. Don't worry, I have a timer going, so I hope to keep us on track and, and Lord willing, get us some questions. Beloved is how it starts. I know that my friends or my children or the others, others, my beloved fr- or my dear friends, I think is, is another uh, translation. Um, beloved is what the ESV has. And you might ask, beloved of whom? You know, who are these that John is talking to? Um, Well, beloved of God, right? And that really kind of sets the stage for what John is going to say about us because if the brothers and sisters in this body are beloved of God, then we also ought to 
reflect God's character and his love for them. Uh, so beloved, and then the, here's the call, the command, let us love one another. And that's really, I mean, I could drop the mic right there and, and walk away, but that won't be very helpful, will it? Okay, so let us love one another. For love is from God, so it's got its source, its origins in God, not in this world, right? There's all sorts of, of opinions that this world has on what love is. I mean, and I preached this three years ago, and since then, more have been added um, to, you know, what love is. Love is love, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, there's a lot of opinions out there, but we shouldn't find... You know, our understanding of love and our, our example of love and, and how we ought to love from the world, God is love, right? And, and it is from him um, that we are called to love one another. So love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Um, this is more, this is going to be kind of like said multiple ways as we get through this passage, but it's kind of like, you know, if I plant, we've, we've talked about this analogy many times, right? If I plant a p- tomato plant, what comes of that is going to be of the tomato seed and born of the tomato seed. It can only be that. It won't be a peach, no matter how much James wants it to be a giant peach. It won't be <laughs> a giant peach. <laughs> but it'll be a tomato. And so it is, if you are born of God, then... Um, you are one who is loving. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God, obeys God, follows him. Anyone who does not love does not know God. So that's the, is it apposition, right? The other way to say what was just said. You know, if you don't love, guess what? You don't know God. And that's, that's the first step back there. Um, if you don't love, you don't know God because God is love. So this is very core to, to, uh, to, the, to our, our Father's character. He is love. Verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. Now we're getting into kind of the example of love. And when, when I taught on it, I'll just mention it and we'll kind of, Lord willing, see it in the text. Otherwise, I chose bad bad uh, um, terms but this example of love is is active it's life-giving it is this is the tricky one that I always slip up on active life-giving it is well I guess I'd see it in the text wouldn't I I'm cheating now I'm looking here it's it takes the initiative there we go it's active it's life-giving it takes the initiative it is costly, and it is redemptive. Those are the, the five points that I had. It's active. In this, the love of God was made manifest. So it's not like love is like this idea that God had, and, it's, you know, and he told us about it. No, he did it. He, his love was made manifest among us. It's active. Um, and God sent his only son into the world, or his uh, unique son, so in this is love, that it was made manifest among us. It was active. And what action did the Lord God take? He sent his son into the world. And that's kind of a euphemism, right? I mean, you, you hear sent your son. It's not like I sent Barnabas to go get some groceries or to drop some money off to pay the greens back for coffee, which he may need to do later. We'll see. Um, but, he, you know, he sent his son to die right he sent his son to die that's weighty it's costly but it's but it's it doesn't end there it's life-giving right he sent his son to die lost my place here yeah he sent his, his only son in the world that we might live through him so we're getting to propitiation which he mentions later but he sent his son to die that we might live through him. So it's active. It's life-giving. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. So God took the initiative, right? If, if, if God had to wait around for, you know, his love tank to be filled by our acts of, of love, then, uh, then he'd still be waiting, right? I mean, 
we would be dead in our sins and, and we would die and there would be no, no salvation for us. But he took the initiative. He acted. It was active, it was life-giving, and he took the initiative so that we might live through him. And, oh, sorry, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So it's active, it's life-giving, he took the initiative, it's costly. It, it, you know, obviously the Lord Jesus didn't come into this world um, and, and lived perfectly, and then everyone had a party, and then he rose up and ascended to the Father. No, he died, but it was necessary. It was a necessary death. And in that death, we have propitiation. He, bear, he bore the sins of all those who would believe in him, and instead we get his righteous life. And then it's also redemptive. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also, and this is, this is the conclusion that John's, or part of the conclusion that John's making there. Beloved, this is your example of love. It's active, it's life-giving, it's, it takes initiative, it's costly, and it's redemptive. And if God loved us in this way, we also ought to love one another. Because individually, he acted in that way to all of us, bringing us into the church through faith. And so if he has a love that brought us into the church through faith, and chastises us as well when we, when we um, sin, then we also ought to love others in the body in the same way. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then verse 12 to me is like, I feel like I'm still reflecting on the implications of verse 12 three years later. No one has, a, Jeremy, finish this for me. John chapter 1 verse 18. No one has ever seen God. Okay, I got it already. Oh, you, you right got here. all slick with us. You're going to confuse some people. Um, Let me say it the way that the ESV says it so that Bible people may hear its similarity. Okay. All right. Uh, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is um, at the Father's side, he seven has and, uh, what, made eight? him known. So when John, who I believe is the same writer of okay. First John, mentions this, this Dear kind of friends, to, to let a, us uh, sentence, something love. I'm about to say, one he concludes with, no one has ever another. seen God, not fully in that sense. For love um, comes who have from God. Jesus. Well, guess who's not here on this Everyone who Jesus. loves But who did Jesus say? Do you want me to read faster? The Spirit. And I think what John is saying here is no one has ever... Okay. Well, let me uh, get to the, the, Whoever the similarity does and, not and where John love breaks. No one has ever seen God. Um, the only God who God is at the Father's side, He, the Word, became flesh God and made Him known. Now, 1 John 4, 12, God verse 12, says no one has ever seen whoever God. If we love one another... Well, does on, not love... Here. If we love one another, um, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. Does not. And I think that's pretty God remarkable. Because we don't have God Jesus walking the earth anymore to look at as an example. People are no longer astounded and astonished by what he does and the power with which he speaks. But you know what the outside world and others in this world do have that's left here? Love and the church. And you know what? You know, you ever met someone who's Among like, man, us, if I could just sit down and, and have coffee with Jesus or God, and, and then I'd, that, that would really tip the needle for me, and then I'd believe. Son well, you know, they won't have that. At least the they're not promised that in Scripture. That they won't have that. But you know what they will have? We the church. And you know what they will see, Lord willing, when they see the church? I think John's argument is they ought to see the love of God. They ought to see how the church loves one another, and they ought to go away saying, but that he loves us. Okay, so that's my comments on the text. I have all sorts of different angles and places that we can go. We have 25 minutes. I'll I'll, I'll mention some, and anyone who... You know, um, wants to go down a different For path. We can go that. There's, we could talk about the the use of beloved in John. You know, how, like what does John mean when he says beloved? You know, is it is it referring to everyone in the world? I think not, because of what John says about beloved. It's clear that the beloved in view are those who love Jesus, who are obeying him, who are you know, receiving uh, the Lord Jesus in that sense. And then 
Um, is this something that, that, that is, is not specific to, you know, this church? It's only meant to be practiced at a global sense. Well, I think that John gives us a little clue. I'm not going to be dogmatic on this point, but I will read this. John gives us a little clue um, that he's not referring, or, he, or at least in part, he doesn't have in view the whole church when he says... He is, this is John chapter, sorry, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. He is the propitiation of our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, I think that you, we're, we're all on the same page theologically, that that doesn't mean that, 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 that Jesus is the propitiation for everyone, every person being walking this earth. John is saying there that he's the propitiation for our sins. And not only ours, but also the sins of all of those in the entire world, brothers and sisters, who would put their faith and trust in him. So that's why I think John has in view a, an audience and an audience that's not the global church. And, you know, thus from, from that, um, I take it that that this is, is best lived out, this example, or this call, rather, command to love one another, is, is best received um, here at the church. Well, I think 420, which kind of takes the same point and makes it negative, limits it to, makes it clear. So 420, uh, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. The one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. Not love his brother. If you don't love, definitionally, you're you're doing one of the two. There's no neutral position. Mm. Anyway, so 420, I think, sheds some light on, clarifies, and puts the negative we're talking about there. That'll preach. And I also, we could go through, you know, loving one another in First John. This isn't the only occurrence of it. Um, we can look at that. Um, yeah, I hope to avoid, oh, well, I should say this, this love, I mean, if you're familiar with C.S. Lewis and the four loves and, uh, the, you know, there's the Storge, you know, the heiress, the uh, philia, and then agape, you know, mentioned as far as Greek transliterations, or I'm trying to say the Greek. Um, and this is agape. This is the unconditional God love that John is calling us to here. Not the familial love or the familiarity love or the heiress, the, you know, the, any children, you know, the uh, man and woman love, um, but is, is the, the love, the unconditional love um, that is related to uh, the, the Lord's love for uh, Israel in the Old Testament. Any questions, comments? It could even be from the sermon as well. Bennett, you only get... Two, and you've already had one. Okay. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yeah. There was a fourth walking among them, yeah. He loved them. He took care of them. We're talking about love, though, and, and specifically loving others. Yes, he did. All right, Jake, we got a question here. Yeah, Jake, you better get it on the mic, baby, or speak real, real loud.
And, and on the opposite part of that, if we aren't loving one another, what a shame it is and a dishonoring it is of, of our, I mean, this is what I think when I see, you know, a church divided or something like that. It's like the Lord, I mean, you, you all submit to the Lord Jesus Christ and this is what comes of it. That's no bueno. We ought to, not, not for the sake of saving face and, and looking good to others, but because God loves, God loves us and he died he sent his son to die for us and it was a big deal and it is the biggest deal in in the whole you know universe that has ever occurred this is the number one thing god did that and it's an example for us and so we also ought to keep that in mind right this is kind of the this is kind of like the eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth kind of thing you know made in the image of god this this even goes beyond that you know, we share the being made in the image of God with every being on this planet. And then beyond that, in a smaller circle, we share a unity of faith with those who have received the Lord Jesus Christ around the world. And then in an even smaller circle in that circle is we share a unity of faith with brothers and sisters here at Martinsville Community Church. And so how we act, how we respond ought to reflect that. And I have some application that I want to get to at the end, but I don't want to, I mean, maybe now's the best time, but I'll take maybe a few more questions. I hope to leave you with something, but yes. I like where you just went. Let's let's turn and go that direction. Two. Now this is gonna. This may surprise some of you, but First Corinthians thirteen isn't about quite what you might have thought it was about. So let's turn to First Corinthians thirteen. Everyone knows it as the love chapter, the chapter of love, and you can get married with some verses here. And I mean, you could. I mean, you could blow up your Instagram or whatever. You know, we do these days um, with verses from here and and it would miss the the context in which it was given in. So what's going on in Corinth? Well, a lot's going on in Corinth. A lot of cray cray is going on in Corinth. And Paul is writing to them and wedged in in between uh, this this uh, this instruction on spiritual gifts and further instruction on prophecy and tongues and like order within the church wedged in between that is this infamous or famous whatever chapter famous Famous. thank you yeah infamous is the bad one okay (laughs) see they both have famous and you know anywho (laughs) but but that m is very important okay (laughs) let's read just a uh most of it before paul gets to we'll, we'll we'll end at eight so If I speak in the 
the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away everything, all that I have, and am delivered, and sorry, whoop, let's flip the page, and I deliver, I think is what it says, and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. So to your point, Bridget, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way, but it is, sorry, it does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And that's in the context of division and, and conflict in the church over spiritual gifts. And Paul's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Pursue the greater gift. Or pursue, uh, I'll just read what he says. But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. And then he jumps right into love. It's not about what you're pursuing so much as how you're pursuing it. And then he, you know, he, he even con- or picks that right back up in 14. Pursue love and then earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So there's the context for that. And, and it's, it's in the midst of a church, right? Paul's saying church, love one another. Here is how you ought to love. If someone has a different gift, don't say your gift's better. I mean, this isn't a, this isn't a, a battle here. You know, we're in this together. The arm needs the foot. The foot needs the eye. The eye needs the ear. And what good is it if we try to say, I have no need of you? Yes, you do. And don't try to elevate one over the other because that which is, you know, um, the lowest is indispensable and is given greater honor. Yes, Liz. Well, I think 420, which kind of takes the same point and makes it negative, limits it to, makes it clear. So 420, uh, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. I'm glad you mentioned that last part. The one who does not not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. So this is limiting brothers and sisters, and specifically the ones I see interact with. If we all just started calling each other out on our preferences, you know, it's really hard to love people you're never going to That would be an endless war ending in Christian rap. The other thing that's interesting here is he swaps. 
hate. I not won't love. go creature, there. Which means there's no third <laughs> position where I neither love you nor hate you. What's hate? Just kidding. He swaps Just, it out for simply not yeah, love. Yeah, well, if you don't love. I have opinions on that. Definitionally, you're hating. Bravaco. You're doing one of the Jacob. two. There's no neutral All right. position. Um, anyway, so but what I, was, I think, what, what, shed some light on yeah. and clarify. We'll get to Priscina. What, what I was going to say, though, what? honestly, is, is as a body... We have to put aside these petty things like mask wearing and things like that. It's not a scriptural thing. Let's not elevate it to something that's a scriptural thing. Let's keep the main thing, as they say, the main thing and and, and call out sin only when it is, you know, you know, sin. And it's not an opinion because otherwise we'll be the boy who cried wolf. Right. My kids, I have to explain this to them all the time. Um, you You only want to really, really, really you know, act like that or say that or do that when it's right. Otherwise, you're going to dull my hearing and I'm going to think that you're just uh, being a whiny again and and not actually in pain. Anywho, I don't know if that's the way you parent. Maybe I'll get some rebukes later. Um, (laughs) Jeremy, did you have something to add to that? Or I know Priscina might, I don't know if Priscina wants to go on a different, go ahead, Priscina. Yep. Do you remember Meshach, Rishach, and Abednego? Yeah. Do you remember when they were got put in the furnace and they got pulled out by God? Yes, that could be God. And also, do you remember Moses and he saw the burning bush? That could be God too. But God did it by love with me, Rishak, and Abednego. One of my favorite things about biblical love is it's um, the way it's definitional. It is definitional and it's immutable. Our culture tries to be loving but they can't define love because love in our culture would never transcend the bounds of someone else's feelings, okay? So love has to be something that doesn't offend or, or, or bother someone ever. And as people seem to find more and more ways to be bothered, we keep, they keep bending and twisting and trying to find ways to be loving that doesn't hurt anyone's feelings, and it's, it's, it's hard. And, and I think that one way the church can stand out is just having this love, this biblical love that has a definition and that is strong enough to stand up um, mm. to someone's feelings. And, and when you said it costs something, you know, that it's costly. And sometimes, you know, baby, baby, you place. jump in the gun. We're trying to get the application. All right. Now, I'm in sin. I need to repent. That's costing you something. It's not comfortable for you. It's certainly not comfortable for me. But it's loving, and um, I think we can be thankful for that in a world that's all... Let's go! (laughs) Hey, every one of us that doesn't know Priscina has an application. We'll get to more application. We'll go Jeremy, and then I have just final application closing. We love you, Priscina. Guys, you got to love each other. Mm. And so the local church gives you a black and white concrete list. 
says, by all means, love other people as well. You, you must love these people. Amen. And you don't get to make exceptions. The whole I love you but I don't like you is nonsense. Our love is supposed to imitate the Trinity. Just imagine the Father and the Son ever thinking that about each other. It is blasphemous. Hmm. Jesus' prayer is that we would love each other as the Father loves the Son. There's no room for our love you but I don't like you. That's like three years away, John 17, but I got you, brother. <laughs> but my, I'm just saying, this notion of love is, is, is with James, with John 4.20, there's no use saying... I'm just God thinking God. of Daniel's sermon, um, Amen. how, you know, none of us can love perfectly, and we all struggle with loving ourselves more than others. Um, so just wondering, uh, when it comes to personal preferences, you're saying that loving is choosing to Amen. Um, try All right, here's some application. Or, if you're thinking um, through, value you know, and, and wanting to act on ways in which you can love others in this body, I just came up with a brief list. I'll throw that out and then um, and then close this with uh, some final thoughts. Pray for others, right? Pray for others. Pray for for Rich and Irene. If you don't know who they are, Lord willing, when if we receive them back and well. Go and get to know them. Tell them you've been praying for them. Send them a text, an email. Their, their information's in the church bulletin. Pray for others. We, all, we do this well. This is more of me just saying what we are as a church doing well. Continue to do well. Um, invite someone over for a meal. Someone new, <laughs> right? Don't invite the same people, the same group that you talk to. Invite, invite Priscina over for a meal. I know, I know. I got you, baby. Invite Greg over for a meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's going to be difficult. You got to work, you know, you got to work schedules out and, and maybe you think it's too hard to bring someone around your house. Like, you know, they don't understand, you know, that you're not the cleanest person, whatever, or, or they don't understand that these are just your kids and that's the way they act. You know, maybe perhaps there's some, there's some room for growth in your parenting. Maybe perhaps there's some room for growth in other areas of your life that, you know, we just become conditioned to because we hang out with the same people or we're, we're like, oh, that's my friend and I don't really want to call them out. But if someone fresh comes, be careful. Priscina might call you out. I don't know. She might not see the dirty, dirty house part, but uh, <laughs> she'll be keen in other areas. That's for sure. All right. And then finally, this is the, I mean, the list can go on and on. But if you notice sin, and this is really tying it back to you know, um, our commitment to, to walk together and to, and to deal with sin in the body. Uh, if you notice some sin in a brother or sister's life, go and talk to them right? Practically speaking, maybe you hear a brother talk harshly to his wife or to his kids. Go up to him, you know, when you have that opportunity and say, hey, you know, I heard the way that you spoke to your kids, how you spoke in anger, you know, how you made it all about you and, 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 and have that conversation with them and, um, and do it with the idea. And I believe this is a Jay Adams book. Jeremy can quote me if I'm wrong with the idea to, of being ready to restore, that's what we learned about this morning. You're going into this conversation not to say, I'm better than you, because I would never talk to my kids like that. Right, Allison? Uh, I'm so much, so much better than you, but I just wanted to say as someone who doesn't, you know, who's, who has no log in their own eye, you've got a huge log here. No, go with the idea of being ready to restore, and don't go like, you know, five months later. Try to keep it current so that... Um, so that, you know, they know what you're talking about and, and, and something can be done. There's a lot of opportunities for us to love. And, and I'm not talking about giving 10 bucks to the guy on the side of the street, you know, who has a sign. That's not what John is talking about here. John is saying, beloved, let us, beloved, love one another. And so we got a lot of beloveds around here. And God has a goal and an end for this church body. And it's to reflect his love perfectly. Is that intimidating to you? It's intimidating to me. Perfectly reflect God's love is what we're called to do. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, he abides in us and his love is perfected in us. I will, I'll leave with a, I think I got a quote here from, yeah, John MacArthur. Um, I just really like his, his comment on this section. Love originated in God. It was manifested in his son and is demonstrated in his people. Let us, 
when the world sees our love for one another, I mean, this is what Jesus said in John 13, right? John 13, 35. When he said, he could have used anything to say how the world would know his people. What did he say? You will know them by their love. And you know why you'll know them by their love? Because if you're a believer, you can't um, help thing, but love because you're of God. And God kind of is love. Struggled with that Let's as well. Close just in prayer. Being more of a. Father, we thank you for. This reminder, like, this, this, really this call, this command. I, don't know if I pray, Lord, that we leave not, here with tangible like, okay, ways I, I to apply this some, truth. You ways, love this body. Have you have called us to this body. Maybe, you have, you know, have commanded them, us to love so others when, in this body. I pray, Lord, that we would do that. Even if clunkily, that we would just do it. That we would go and we would serve and prefer and have conversations and call out sin and embrace and hug one another hey, why, why are you doing this Amen. or how do you uh, feel this is you know beneficial for your family and that allowed me to uh, put myself in their shoes if they were protecting someone else or whatever their whatever their you know um, thoughts or convictions you know were at least at that point it wasn't me making up stuff in my head about them and how they felt and um, stuff like that and then just recognizing if I'm struggling um, to love someone that it's probably because of something inside me that I haven't looked at or um, held up against scripture and, and I'm, I'm recognizing maybe, um, you know, there's jealousy or bitterness there or something that is, is not okay. So I've tried to just, um, you know, recognize there's something maybe going on on the inside of me that I need to deal with before I try and project that onto someone else if they're, you know, convicted a different way or, or certain ways, but also recognize if it's not clearly sin, um, it would not be loving for me to just go and say, hey, that's wrong. Why are you doing that? But also, you know, recognize that, okay, I should probably <laughs> pray about this seek counsel, and then ask, you know, for clarification before making a judgment. Well, um, <laughs> this is very interesting, and in God's providence, I have had some very interesting conversations this week with family members and friends. And the reason I'm making this statement, hope you'll understand it at the end, is because I recently um, met a lady that I've become friendly with, and she is a white Christian, and she brought out to me I've never had a black friend. And I said to her, I don't want to be your black friend. Yeah. You know, I just want to be your friend. And, you know, we're sisters in Christ. I said that to say sometimes, like I think Liz brought up or, or uh, uh, Bridget, 
sometimes it could be preferences that make preferences that may keep someone away from getting to know someone from another race or it could be fear just not knowing how to interact with someone from another race I'm saying all this because of the word love and um, I, I'm gonna just tell you a brief story um, I can remember in at Grace Community Church there was a lady in a Bible study with me I would speak to her every week she would never even reply and I'm like Liz, I'm a little outspoken, if those of you that know me. So I went to her and I said, I knew her name because we're all in the same Bible study. I said, forgot her name, so-and-so, I noticed that you never speak to me. I speak to you all the time. And then she just sort of, oh, I'm sorry, and push it off. I'll try to be very brief. Long story short, so we're sitting outside on the campus, some of my friends, and most of them were black. She walks up to us. And she speaks to all of us. And she said, I never knew how to interact around black people. So I just wanted to tell you that story just to say, um, I have experienced a lot of love here. Don't get me wrong, at Martinsdale. But I only know about 10% of you. So I'm just letting you know, um, feel free to love me because I, <laughs> I, I love. No, I'm serious. No, I'm I'm so serious about this because I love everybody and that's, you know, that's the way I like to be. But the last thing I want to say is a lot of you should probably be thankful that I'm blind because I would be Greg Rolak on steroids. That's just how I am. So I just wanted to say that because I felt like I've been dealing with this all week for us to be here talking about love. I felt led to say that. I love you guys. I just want to take what you're saying in First Corinthians 13 and tie it into the notion of membership. One, one of the, uh, one of the pr- principles from this that I think is so important, it's really easy to love people in the abstract. And one of the things about a local church is, here's a concrete list of people. Go First Corinthians 13, them. Without ex- and then it's easy also if I can make exceptions. Well, surely not that guy who I find grading or that person I want to talk to. No, no, all of them. I mean, in the context you're pointing out, you've got the prophecy people who are all prophecy, and you've got the tongues people, like it's all about tongues, which is why he starts with, if I can speak in the tongues of men and angels, if I have all prophetic powers. Guys, you've got to love each other. And so the local church gives you a black and white concrete list. By all means, love other people as well. You, you must love these people. And you don't get to make exceptions. The whole I love you but I don't like you is nonsense. Our love is supposed to imitate the Trinity. Just imagine the Father and the Son ever thinking that about each other. It's blasphemous. Jesus' prayer is that we would love each other as the Father loves the Son. There's no room for I love you but I don't like you. Um, I, I, well, I know, and I know, I know. Four, probably, as I've been gearing up, probably more like four or five, dude. But, but my, I'm just saying, this notion of love is, is, is with, James, with John 4.20, there's no use saying you love God or you've not seen. If you don't love your brother, you have seen. Tying in with no one's seen God at any time. So there's a real quantifiable list of people that God is saying, love, start here, love them. And so you can love people in far distant lands, but if you can't love the knucklehead sitting next to you, stop. <laughs> <laughs>